Welcome to the train of thought. Please stand behind the yellow line as we're about to approach the station. Today's destination, the Pavali. Today's destination, the Pavali. Welcome to the Train of Thought podcast where we look back, reflect deeply and move forward in life. Brought to you by The Poetic Wit. Today's episode is going to be super lit. We're going to be talking about the Festival of Lights. That's right, it's Deepavali. And who better to talk with about Deepavali than a local you know, Malaysian Indian. Please welcome our guest for today, Tushara Rakhi Kanan. Hi guys. Hi, hi. Uh, Alright, uh, just to give a little context, Tushara is my colleague from uh, my uh, new office job. No, uh, nine to five job. I also call her like my my office Akka because just because like she's slightly she's only slightly older than me, and yeah, she's Indian. <laughs> wait, wait, how old are you again? Twenty four. Twenty four this year. I just turned twenty four. Hey, <laughs> hey, all right. Yeah. Um. Uh, let's yeah introduce yourself a little bit more for our. I don't want to be talking all the time. <laughs> okay. Hi guys. So my name is Tushara. Um, I'm Aaron's co-worker here. Yeah. <laughs> And um, I'm, uh, let me see, how do I put this? I'm four years older than him, age-wise, maturity-wise, the jury's still out. Ah, Nani. Your peers, lah. I mean. Yeah, exactly. There's not really much of a hierarchy kind of thing. So I'd say Office Akka is more of a nickname than anything. Ah, yeah, lah. You all started, like, I, I remember you said something about you when in the... Anezon oh, somebody. <laughs> no, it's because um what I re- I realized that you and Komal were a lot younger than me and Sue. For context, Komal and Sue are two of our other co-workers. Mm. And I was just like, oh my god, I'm surrounded by tiny children. <laughs> <laughs> but like uh Tushara is not not all that older so like mm. uh, you're considered uh, same 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 but different. Mm. Like, as of recording this, uh the poverty is Probably it's a week from now. Actually, it's gonna be. It's on the fourteenth. It's on the fourteenth. Oh, that leaves us with what, uh, roughly two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, but a, a week and a couple of days, lah. Right, right. But by the time you're hearing this, it's already it's already out on Deepavali. So happy Deepavali to all who are celebrating. All right, we were planning like content to put out for our um. A company you know BAC you're writing for these uh, what good news and uh, what kind of stories and angles to you know talk about Deepavali you know talk about you know the culture the history even the coffee we're eating right now I, I gotta tell you this right uh, in all my time of like growing up and uh, mixing around with like uh, family friends during Deepavali I've only eaten like what muruku and some some other like chicken curry and stuff like that. Okay, like, yeah. the, the usual chicken curry, a bit of mutton curry, and like some muruku and stuff. I did. I have not tasted other stuff, so I was just introduced to other snacks like what? Oh, there's jalebi. There's uh, this kofi. Kofi is this uh, ice cream that I I just I've just explored, and I was like, oh wow, the, such heavenly I natural really, flavors. I really wish I had thought to record your face when you first had it because, <laughs> dude. <laughs> You could have been a Bhadanatyam dancer. The amount of emotions that were just dancing across your face, like. <gasps> <laughs> what, what? Wait, wait. For context, what? What? What's a what? What okay. dancer? Uh, Bhadanatyam is a traditional dance form from south of India. Mm. So, uh, it has a lot of focus on the Navarasa or the nine emotions. Wow. Uh, some of them include like joy, grief, hatred, uh, fear, etc. So, 
for Aaron, I'd say the expressions were like one uh, apprehension, wonder, and then joy, and then bliss. Well, I, I, I would usually say this myself, you know, some of the goodness on earth is like a glimpse into the wonders of heaven, if I may say so myself. Wow. Well, there. Yeah. <laughs> so um, as of right now, we're having a bit of kofi, uh, which is uh, an Indian ice cream dessert. And it uses, it uses natural Mostly flavors. natural flavors, yeah. Like, um... You tended to get the flavors that were quite popular for Indian sweets in general. So mm. you get like saffron or kesar, you get almond, you get pistachio, you get rose, and you get like plain milk also in some occasions. Wow. So um, in Malaysia, what happens is uh, Malaysian flavors tend to leak over like this place, Mum's Kulfi. They have pandan flavored as well and durian flavored. Wow. And um, I think they also have mango flavor, but I think mango flavored, you might be able to get it across the board. Seeing as mango is quite a popular fruit in South Asia. Oh, so good. <laughs> so, so good. Well, um, the Pavali is definitely going to be different this year. Like, you know, I remember like growing up, you know, we used to visit this, uh, his name's Uncle Rao, you know, our family friend, go over and then they'll be playing these uh, Bollywood movies on TV, we'll be talking and also we'll be having all this uh, Morocco and hanging out with like the, the other kids and stuff. And like, yeah, and, and the food, man. Wow, the food. <laughs> Malaysia, it's always about the food. Oh, yeah. How about you? Like, I mean, for all I know, you have experienced more of the Indian culture and stuff, you know, growing up as a uh, local Malaysian Indian yourself. Like, how was Deepavali for you, like, for you growing up? I mean, when I was a kid, it used to be a really big thing. Like, um, we'd have my dad's office co-workers, my mom's co-workers. Um, for reference, my dad is an engineer and my mom's a teacher. Mm. So we'd have, like, um, people from school coming over. We'd have my dad's co-workers and friends coming over. We'd have family friends, extended family be this really huge mishmash of people uh, wandering around to the house and a bunch of uncles and aunties all over the place and then mm -hmm. I don't know how it always happened but somehow it'd be the uncles gathered in a group outside the aunties sitting in the hall and uh, yakking and the kids would all be gathered up in one room watching TV I don't know how that happened but it happened <laughs> um, as I got older though like it started getting a bit more chilled out like I think my parents also hit a point where they were like eh, you know what whatever we're just going to relax so uh, Deepali became more of a family thing so uh, it'd be like us and it'd be our extended family, like our cousins and stuff. Um, and then, yeah, th th that's the thing I tend to remember the most about childhood uh, Deepali celebrations. It's more like the amount of people and the fireworks, of course. Big, big thing when I was a kid. Less so now that I have two dogs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Deepavali got fireworks. Oh, of course, la, got fireworks. Festival so of lights, ma. Love, ma, of course. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you... Do you, do you get the chance to like decorate the floor with like rice and like lambs and stuff? Okay, rangoli, not so much when I was younger with the kolam and rangoli and stuff. Like my grandma would do a simple one. Mm. Uh, me and my sister, my mom had the wisdom of knowing, trusting two rambunctious young girls with coloured rice to decorate the house uh, first thing in the morning might not be such a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, as I got older, like in the more recent years, my mom has trusted me to like, you know, handle candles and like the matches and stuff. You know, she's like, okay, she's not a kid anymore. She's obviously old enough to handle that. So um, I've started like trying to sort of decorate the outside with oil lamps and stuff. I see. Yeah, so that, that, that's about like, 
you know, slow progression. It starts off watching the decorations to trying to help out with the decorations. I see, I see. Any, any, anyhow, um, aside from, you know, all the time spent with like de decorating, spending time with family, I hear that um, Dipavali is also pretty much a religious holiday for like Hindus. It is technically speaking. We have a few interpretations of the stories behind Dipavali. Mm. Uh, it normally depends on which part of India you, uh, you're from and to a greater extent where your families come from because slight historical context, a lot of Indians in Malaysia, their grandparents or great-grandparents were originally from India or Sri Lanka, uh, but they uh, migrated or moved over here, thank you colonization, uh, for better job opportunities, etc, etc. Mm. And they settled down here and planted roots. So like, my sister and I are technically what you call second generation Malaysian Indians. Wow. Our grandparents on both sides moved here and uh, had kids here and our parents met and you know, Biology happened and this is that I were born. <laughs> so yeah, we're second. Yeah, to put it that way. I mean, you know, polite lah. Don't know what the small kids are listening. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> All right. Like, no, I, I was actually going to ask like mm -hmm. about uh, if there are any like religious traditions, you have to visit a temple or something like that. There are some, there are some. Uh, again, it ties back to which part of India you tend to come from. Like um, for mm. Northern India, yeah. there's the myth, of, there's the story, not myth, sorry, story of uh, Ramayana. Um, so what happens is um, Lord Rama, he was exiled to the forest for 14 years thanks to a very um, messed up boon that his stepmom asked his dad, requested of his dad, more like it. And um, the stepfather, sorry, not stepfather, the father being a man of honour, mm. um, he had no choice but to fulfil the obligation of the boon and exile his son to the forest for 14 years. Wow. Uh, Spoiler alert, the dad does die after doing that because apparently he could not bear to be parted from his older son. Okay. <laughs> but moving on. Um, while he's exiled in the forest, his wife is with him and so is his younger brother. So Rama's wife Sita is abducted by a demon king, Ravana. And, um, th and this happens because while chasing off some uh, invaders who have come to where they are staying in the forest, one demon brings word of Rama and his and his brother Lakshman's fantastic supermodel good looks to a demoness called Surpanaka, who is also Ravana's younger sister. So Surpanaka thinks that she's going to get herself a husband. I'm No, I'm sorry. It's very convoluted. No, no, no. Please continue. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, 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 I was just like, I was just uh, figuring out he, the connections. Sort of like sort of half confused Pikachu face trying to figure out all the nets. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I've actually uh, seen this uh, story play out in one of my uh, study of religions classes. Uh, but then uh, hearing you describe all the like the family tree, I had to like, hey, wait, what? <laughs> but yeah, hey, continue, continue. This is a very interesting guys if you don't already know this is Tushara um, describing the origins or the origin story or one of the many versions one of the, versions, yeah. one of the many versions of the origin story of uh, how the Pavli came about so um, continuing from Surpanaka thinking oh you know what maybe I'll go and check out these guys and see if I can get myself a husband uh, she visits the ashram where Ram, Lakshman and Sita are staying and uh, she tries to convince them like, hey, um, you know, I'm very good looking. and Because the thing is, she's a demoness, but she also knows how to disguise herself. So she disguises herself to look like what you would call a bomb-ass babe. Wow. Yeah, except um, the thing is, Rama was called the Mayada Purushottam, I think. So perfect man. 
So basically, he didn't look at anybody else besides his wife. Ah. So he was like, yeah, no, uh, dude, I'm married. Sorry, not interested. Tell you what, my brother's single. Why don't you try him? <laughs> <laughs> and his brother is just like, dude, no, what? No, no, no. Because yeah. at that point, Lakshman was actually married to Sita's sister. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> so Lakshman was like, dude, no, no, sorry, no, not interested. I'm married too. No, tell you what, why don't you ask him again? <laughs> And they are basically doing this because they are both not interested, but Supernaka here is not taking the hint. And guys, breaking away from the story, please always take the hint. Ah. Okay. So, moving on. Uh, finally, Supernaka gets pissed off. And she says, um, you know what? I know what the problem is, your wife. Tell you what, let's get rid of her and then wow. I can date you. Yeah, that's a real demon right there. Yeah, yeah, zero to hundred real quick. <laughs> And um, the thing is, her name Suipanaka means ba- uh, nails like a winnowing basket. So I don't know if you've seen that thing people use to clean rice, that winnowing basket. Mm. But that sharp and triangular shape was what her nails were shaped like. And she had them fully extended, ready to like scratch Sita up and, you know, kill her. But uh, this did not fly over with Lakshman or Ram. Because, you know, wife, sister and all like, what do you think you're doing? So um, they fought back. And uh, this resulted in Supernaka's nose and ears being cut off. Yikes. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh so, so, basically, Supernaka was pissed because uh, even though she could do magic and she could, like, you know, sort of magic herself up to look pretty, if the illusion ever fell, she'd be exposed. So, it would be exhausting maintaining a 24-hour illusion, right? Mm. So, obviously, pissed herself. Um, so what our friend does is she runs back to her big brother Ravana who's the king of a country called Lanka and she goes to him and goes like, oh my god this man attacked me <laughs> playing the victim Ooh. like guys I'm 100% against victim blaming but you cannot call yourself the victim if you start shit and then you go and face the consequences for it don't, don't go running to your demon brother with like 10 hits or something. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he had, he had multiple hits or he multiple, multiple hits. He, uh, Ravana had 10 hits, which is supposedly reflective of the many facets of man. Wow. Yeah. So the thing is, Ravana, giving credit where it's due, he told her, dude, I cannot do anything if you decide to go and start trouble. So... Another fact about Ravana, he's also a notorious, shall we say, lover of women. So, Sarpanaka does what any sane, well-balanced young woman would do when she tries to start shit and her brother doesn't back her up on her stupid behaviour. She starts telling him about the beauty of Sita and how she'd be such a beautiful vision at his side. Wait, wait, this is the same Sita that she tried to kill, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow. I know, right? And she's like, uh, you know what? She's really gorgeous, man. You should just like kidnap her and get her married to you. Like she'd be a much better queen for you than that, uh, you know, punk. And uh, Ravana, being the sane, well-adjusted individual that he is, agrees. <laughs> now bear in mind, uh, this dude was supposed to be some kind of scholar, venerated scholar, talented musician, philosophical debater and everything. Ravana. Yeah, Ravana. Wow. Like I said, many-faceted aspects of man. But... This is where he slipped up. He is overt fondness for women. This is where he screwed up. Because, you know, when your sister is telling you that stuff after you ignore her the first time, that might be a point for you to be like, no, sis, no, cut it out, stop. Yeah, he did not. So anyway, Ravana decides to kidnap Sita. 
And Ram, being the stand-up guy that he is, does not take this too well. So, um, there's a big war and everything. Ram manages to gather up an army. And uh, the war that he has with Ravana, fighting to get his wife back, spans the entire length of his exile. So, it's a pretty good way to fill up your time effectively. Lah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how long was he, how long was he exiled for? 14 his... years. Sorry? 14 years. Wow. 14 years. Can go to school, <laughs> get actually, graduated. Actually, to be fair, I think he was nearing the end of his exile when the kidnapping happened. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, he if was, I remember, that's how the story... Yeah, yeah, he was nearing the end of his exile. So, it'd be like the last part of the exile. Uh, like, you know, it's not like that moment where everything's chill in school and then suddenly you've got finals. Uh, yeah. Yeah, everything's chill in the exile and suddenly your wife gets kidnapped and you have to go to war. Calm before the storm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, anyway, spoiler alert for those of you who haven't heard the story before. Uh, he successfully kills Ravana, decimates his army, Woo. and he gets his wife back. Uh, but there's more to the story later on. I can't spoil it for you now because that would ruin the rest of the Deepawali story. But go and check it out. Um, so what happens is when Ram, Sita and Lakshman finally go back home to their kingdom, Ayodhya, after 14 long years of exile, it is a moonless night. It's the night of the new moon. So like there's no light to guide them, but the people of the town are so overjoyed, they light their way with uh, multiple uh, oil lamps. The prodigal son returns. Exactly. And, <laughs> and uh, that's sort of where Deepavali kind of gets its name from because Deepam or Deepa, the small lamb, and then Vali, path. Deepavali, path of light. Path of light. So that's the North Indian version of it. The South Indian version of it has another reincarnation, uh, Krishna. He's, uh, Rama and Krishna, by the way, are reincarnations of the preserver, Vishnu, Lord Vishnu, one of the... Holy Trinity, I guess you'd say, for uh, Hindu gods. Okay. Yeah. L trust me, there's a lot of like interconnecting webs. I look like a conspiracy theorist with one of <laughs> behind me trying to explain it all. But um, yeah, so what happened was Krishna, um, he actually, the South Indian version came up with Krishna defeating a demon king called Narakasura who had kidnapped 16,000 women. And in doing so, he had disrespected the mother of the heavens, the mother of the king of the heavens, Indra, by stealing her earrings. So um, it was actually serious disrespect because it's all like going up to some uh, somebody's mom and just like, you know, smacking them across the face for no damn reason. Okay. Yeah. And so um, she was pissed and she went to speak to one of her relatives, Satyabhama, who was Krishna's wife. And Krishna heard and he was not happy. And uh, when he heard of this instance of disrespect and a lot of the other stuff that Naika Surya was getting up to, like the 16,000 kidnappings and so on, he was like, okay, this guy needs to be stopped. And um, he found Naika Surya and there was a really, really huge battle between the two of them. But um, one positive end was Naika Surya did get his ass beat. <laughs> and he also repented, like, you know, Krishna sort of held him down. Krishna, um, if there's any Hindus listening to this, you know I'm right. Krishna has... a tendency to wax philosophical and uh, give his opponents and allies alike a lot of advice which most of the time if they follow they don't get their ass beat but uh, if they do not follow that advice then yeah they're screwed. So Naikasura after he was beaten and you know lying there with his final breath, uh, I was such a horrible guy I repent everything I've done and um, he also requested that to commemorate his death and to celebrate the fact that good had won over evil um, the day be celebrated with lots of lights, colours, bright colours, mm. uh, and that people light oil lamps in their house. 
Wow. So are those only like two versions? There's two versions and a third version is that. Wow, a third version. <laughs> this is fairly short, but a lot of people believe that Lakshmi, the goddess of wealth and prosperity. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who is also Vishnu's wife, by the way. Okay. Um, she decides to stop over and visit people uh, during Deepali, like she's present. So a lot of people decorate their houses with lamps and so on. Lamps, columns, rangolis and everything. So like guide her like, yo, this way, this way, please pass some of that prosperity to me. The columns also have an, uh, they have a, columns for those of you who aren't uh, sure, they're those colourful patterns you see drawn outside doorways. So, um, columns have the additional aspect of chasing off Lakshmi's sister, Mu Devi. Uh, yeah, Indians, you probably would have heard the word Mu Devi used as a curse, bet you didn't know she was Lakshmi's sister. Those of you who knew, good on you. Uh, so, Mu Devi is the opposite of Lakshmi. Lakshmi is prosperity and bad luck. It's like, prosperity and good luck. Good luck. <laughs> ah, see, getting her mixed up with the sister. Okay, okay. Lakshmi is the goddess of prosperity and good, good luck. luck. While Mu Devi, on the other hand, bad luck, yeah. uh, misfortune, etc. Ah. So the column is to tell Lakshmi, please come in. And to tell uh, Mu Devi, please stay out. How, how, how interesting that they are sisters. It, it tends, it's like, they tend to say what luck is basically a flip of a coin. It can be good, it can be bad. Right, right, I see. Interesting, interesting. A lot, a lot of variations of the stories. Would you, would you say the North Indian uh, version is more popular? Because I think that's why. That, that's what a lot of people tend to hear. The South Indian version is very popular if you go like further down south. But the North Indian version tends to be the one that's more predominant uh, among most uh, people, I think. But uh, I think that might be because of the lighting of the lamps and everything. You know, because Deepavali, Deepavali. The connotations lah. Yeah, I see, I see. So yeah, that's that's your origins. That's the the sort of the mythology that Hindus have which sort of originates the whole Deepavali story, how they light the lamps, get lit and <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, and yeah, but I see that there is a sort of underlying uh, common theme throughout these stories and even in the practices and whatnot, what would you say that would be? I would say it's basically light over darkness mm -hmm. and to a greater extent good over evil. Lord knows we need that right now. <laughs> we need that every day. Yeah, what, 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 what do you think would be, let's say, the moral of the story or should I say stories? <laughs> like, um, I'd say basically the biggest thing I can take is uh, there are a lot of negative influences because um, even in the story of Narakasura, he was influenced by people who, who sort of praised him and fawned over him too much to the point that it went to his head and he thought he was so powerful he could mess with, you know, even the mother of the heavens and he'd come out unscathed. And Ravana getting that uh, horrible, horrible advice from his sister. Yeah. Um, I'd say the message here is there, there will be a lot, and I mean a lot of negative influences and so on. Uh, in your life there might be a, a friend who's you know she's not really a friend but someone with inverted commas um, there might be um, negative influences as you see everywhere but you can't let them win at the end of the day you can't let the darkness in if you want to thrive in the light Amen. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, Tushara, uh, she comes from a Hindu background. I'm a Christian. And there are a lot of like, uh, some similar themes that even I would agree with, even let's say celebrating the probably this whole thing of light and darkness. You know, the first, 
like the very dominant thing I hear throughout these stories are like, oh, demons. <laughs> a lot of demons, a lot of, like you would say, evil and the bad influences. Even in our world today, there's a lot of, uh, I would say that, you know, uh, you know, as a Christian, we, I, I believe that uh, all of us human beings are fallen. We have, we have messed up, we have, we have sinned and stuff. And we have the tendency to always, um, you know, do, do all those, those horrible stuff because of that, you know, as having that fallen nature. But, you know, if you were to, you know, repent, you look to the light. I mean, in my case, it's Jesus. You know, you look to the light. In my case, I have to decide which of them to look at. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you and your many gods, am I right? <laughs> but it's a polytheism, folks. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so um, if, if if we were to like, you know, you know, think twice, repent, and actually like, you know, look to the light and like consider in all things like wisdom and discern right from wrong, I mean, of course, uh, as for my stuff, I, I will also say there's more to this, lot, but the, the basis, the very surface of it is like, is, is this. Then we shall see that, you know, hey, you know, just because we feel like doing something doesn't mean it's right or, you know, it is always a good thing when it's actually, you know, darkness, you know, trying to influence us to screw things up even more, you know. Impulse control, people. Impulse, Impulse control. control. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um, like, yeah, it's in our nature, folks. So I think that's all for us. Bishara, in advance, happy Diwali and thank you for introducing me to wonderful coffee again. I'll try and bring Muiku if I can. Next oh, week. yes, please. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. All right. No worries, man. This is the Train of Thought podcast where we look back, reflect deeply and move forward in life brought to you by The Poetic Wit with your chain conductor host for today, Aaron Patrick, and with me, Tushara Kanen. Now signing out. Peace. Let's go. <laughs> Lit. That was fun. Thank you.